0: What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky, I'm pretty sure it's dead.
1: It's coming this way. Wait a minute, hey, I'm ghosted!
0: By Ross Dressfilez. Eat me,
1: please. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz. Happy 2021? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I've missed you. God, I have missed you guys. I mean, I was still doing like, you know, episodes on Patreon, which you can still listen to. I did two full-length episodes on Patreon the past two weeks. But here, I haven't gotten to talk to you. And I feel like we have a lot of catching up to do. So basically... You know, I talked to my friend, Jinx Monsoon, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. We had such a great time talking. We talked about so many things, okay? Now, Jinx practices witchcraft. We talk a lot about witchcraft. We talk about crystals. We talk about haunted locations. We even talked about a haunted doll that Jinx had as a child. So there's just a lot going on. And since I have so much that I want to talk about, I'm just going to do kind of like a long intro and then we're going to do this conversation with Jinx, chopped up into two parts, plus, you know, the regular Patreon bonus clips, patreon.com slash Now, one of the first things that I have to tell you is I think I had a paranormal experience or something. I mean, something I can't really explain. It was very weird. Okay, so listen to this picture it. It's a night like any other. It was like, I don't know, 6 p.m. I decided, oh, I'm just so exhausted from doing literally nothing for the past nine months. I deserve a nap. So I'm taking a nap on my couch. And, you know, it's dark out, but like it's still only like 6 p.m. And I, as you know, I prefer to sleep on my face because I'm afraid that if I sleep on my back, I'm going to have sleep paralysis. And that's why I'm going to have to get a lot of Botox because it also causes wrinkles if you sleep on your face. But, so I I was so tired, I slept on my back. Now, I don't think that I had sleep paralysis, but I'm laying there, and I physically felt somebody touch my knee. And I look up, and my partner, Bo, is standing right there. And he just like, you know, he touched me, I opened my eyes, and then I kinda like adjusted my eyes, And he was gone. And I was like, that was weird. But whatever. I must just be so tired that I'm just imagining things. So then I I go back to sleep. And I don't know how many minutes, who knows anything when it comes to time these days. But I, I go back to sleep. And maybe a few minutes later, I feel it again on my knee. And I open my eyes. And he actually is standing right there. And he's like, hey, I'm about to go to the grocery store. Do you need anything? And then I was like, wide awake. I was like, what? That was so weird. And I didn't say anything to him. But then later I was like, I felt you touch my knee. And then I opened my eyes and you were there. And then you weren't there. And he was like, yeah, no, I, I did touch your knee. And I was there. And I was like, no, 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 not the time when you woke me up. And I, you told me you're going to the grocery store, like before that. And he was like, oh, that's weird. And then he was like, you know, I did think about touching your knee and waking you up. But then I decided to wait a couple minutes before I did it. So I was like, you didn't even come by me. Like you didn't touch me at all. You weren't even in this general area of my couch. And he was like, no, I just thought about it. So I'm like, is that some kind of like astral projection? Like he thought it and I was in some dream state and it kind of happened in a alternate dimension. I don't know, but it was very weird. And I'm telling you, I really did physically feel him touch me. And I did see him for just like a split second. I don't know. Is this something, am I grasping for (laughs) ghost experiences? I think, I think I had some kind of experience, you know, in that kind of astral body, um, sleep state thing. So there's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Lots of things happening in the news. I mean, we've literally been in one week of 2021 and there have already been a couple of like paranormal things that I've read about or paranormal adjacent. Um, Did you hear about the people in South Carolina that went ghost hunting and instead of finding a ghost, they found a dead body in a freezer? Because that happened. I mean, it's terrible. I'm not going to make light of it, but uh, terrifying as well. Uh, Here's an article from Daily Beast. This was posted on the 4th of January. They say, ATV riders stumble upon dead body in a freezer at, quote, haunted house. So apparently there were eight people riding around their four wheelers in South Carolina and they were heading to what they you know, n- know of as a haunted, abandoned house. They go in it. They find a dead body. Um, that's pretty much like the whole story, uh, at least what I can read as of now. Um, but, oh my God, wait. So that was posted the other day. Now I'm seeing another article that was posted just this Tuesday, the 5th. It says... Authorities say that the abandoned house where the people in South Carolina found a dead body stuffed into a deep freezer has burned down after a gruesome discovery. They said that is definitely suspicious, but a cause has not been yet determined. And that is being posted by WSOCTV.com, which appears to be a local... News in South Carolina. Okay, I'm gonna keep my eye on that one. I really wanna know what the haunted story is behind this house. I don't know. If anyone knows, let me know. But then another thing I wanted to talk about that I was, uh, everybody started sending me all these articles because apparently there was a UFO that was spotted in Hawaii. But then, I think it's been debunked. I'm pretty sure it's been debunked, but I did watch the news story and it kind of made me laugh. So, basically the story is a couple of people in Hawaii had seen some kind of glowing, oblong, blue thing in the sky above the ocean. And it was moving weird, and then it fell into the ocean, and it didn't make any noise. So, you know, of course, people are like, "Oh my God, I think there's like aliens in the ocean now," or "What is going on?" And um, then, you know, the salutes real quick on Twitter jumped on it, and they're like, "No, that's actually an LED kite." And then somebody on you on Twitter did like a side-by-side video and it kind of looks like that. I'm not going to lie, but it was exciting for a moment. We're like, okay, it's 2021. We had a lot of alien stuff happening in 2020. Maybe this is something, but I don't think it is, but Hawaii news now did a, you know, an official news story. And I loved it because they interviewed some witnesses and I'm sorry, it will never not be funny to me when people cuss on the news. And um, here, I'll just play you like a clip from the news because it's just so funny to me. Not
0: long after, a woman named Mariah spotted the same thing passing over Princess Kahanu Estates. And then I really look up. and then I was like, oh, they call it my husband because it was all in the garage. I was
1: like, hey, come look up let see what I see. They're offset Yeah. <laughs> now that did kind of sound like an E V P but I look up, I said, Oh shit And then I was like, Oh <laughs> 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 But I mean I can only imagine. I can't the words that would come out of me if I saw something like that. But I don't know. I don't think it's a real UFO, but who do I what do I know? Okay, you know, another fun thing that happened over the past few weeks. There is a realtor that is truly doing the Lord's work. Uh, don't read into that too much. I'm not a Christian, but you know what I mean. It's a turn of phrase. She she is um, actually putting up signs on the houses that she's selling that say, Not Haunted. So this woman, her name is Joy Shashinsky. She is... Based in Baltimore, she has the sign that, in bold white lettering with a black background, it says "Not haunted, which of course is like you know makes people go mm. <laughs> pretty sure that's what you would say if your house was haunted, but nonetheless she but you know I, I start reading more about it. I read this article in the Baltimore Sun, and she says that she actually makes it a point. To consult with the sellers of the properties, and she finds out. Okay, I can officially say it's not haunted. Now I don't know what she would do if she found out it was haunted. Um, that see, that's what you got to look out for. If you know it's a a, a Joy Shashinsky joint, and she's selling a house, and you see one that says her name, but then it doesn't say not haunted. There's your answer for you because she only puts it out if it is indeed not haunted. But um, she says in this article, yeah, people know if they're living in a haunted house, she says, and they'll tell you. And then it says she actually, this is now this is probably why she does this. She actually did live in a home that was haunted at one point. Um, she lived in a Hampton house this summer and she would wake up at night, and she would hear the doors opening and shutting without explanation. Her cat, who is the Instagram famous killer. Oh, oh, gosh, she's got a cat with a huge following. I'm obsessed with Joy Shashinsky. She has a cat with 8,579 followers named the Killer Cat of Baltimore. Um, <laughs> this story just keeps getting better. Um, so the cat, who is the the Instagram famous killer the cat um would make weird yowling noises anytime that he walked in the corner of the room near the front of the house her dog she says now again it doesn't say anything about the dog being instagram famous so that's unfortunate but her dog looked like he knew what was going on too according to joy it was freaky she said she lives alone she used to lock her bedroom door at night But after Killer, oh, after Killer died in May, she says that the bumps in the night suddenly stopped. Oh, how interesting. That kind of made me feel like maybe my house was haunted and the ghost left with my cat, she said, laughing as she added, I sound completely crazy. I understand that. No, you don't, Joy. I am on board with all of this. She first posted the signs outside, of homes on the market three or four years before her ghostly encounter after returning from a trip to the French Quarter neighborhood in New New Orleans. There, she noticed signs in front of houses for sale that identified the properties as haunted. Oh, no, I didn't know that. She says, oh, I think I can do something funny for this for Halloween, she remembers thinking. Though she didn't set up the signs last year, Shashinsky decided to put the signs back into rotation in 2020 people need a laugh now more than ever but she's doing this for real though because she asked the people if it is haunted she says you get one person to smile it makes it all worth it oh joy Shinsky. that was posted by the baltimore sun i don't know i just thought that was kind of a funny story <laughs> and somebody uh that sounds like us to be honest a few other things. Um, the there was a episode of Ghost Adventures, and I gotta hand it to Ghost Adventures. Say what you want, those fellows certainly get some great locations on their show, and they got one of the most coveted places in ghost uh, adventuring. They got the Cecil Hotel, which we talk about, we've talked about many times on this show. Um, Go back and listen to the episode with R.H. Stavis. We talk a lot about it there. It is creepy. I've been in it one time, and I kind of don't ever want to go back into it. It seems very evil in there, to be honest, Um, especially after watching the Ghost Adventures at the Cecil Hotel. Now, I, I, I probably have said this before, but one of my favorite things about watching ghost hunting TV shows is I just like to see, like, the locations and, you know, see the people and see what it's like inside of these places. So there's one good reason to watch it because, you know, I'll remind you, this is the place where multiple famous serial killers have lived. People have killed themselves. People have been murdered in there. Um, it's here in LA. Um, and then of course, like probably one of the most famous stories is Elisa lamb, the woman that was found in the water tank and people were drinking the water, said it tasted funny. Also there's this very disturbing security footage of her in the elevator of, uh, the hotel right before she, you know, passed. And, um, So they, you know, they retrace her steps and they make contact. Now I have not finished the full episode because I got frankly terrified, but I watched a lot of it and I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of cool, especially because uh, who knows if anyone will ever ghost hunt in there again. Um, so if you want to watch it, I believe it's only on a new streaming platform called Discovery Plus and, um... So that's where I saw it and, um, you can get a free trial. So there's that. Speaking of subscriptions and, and streaming and that kind of a thing, I'm kind of making my own little raws uh, slash ghosted streaming platform with this Patreon because I've been doing a lot of content. I've been having so much fun, you know, subscriptions start at just $5 and it helps me so much. And, um, I did another haunted doll video, which I'm kind of thinking, you know, I'm like such an old lady and I'm like, I gotta do, I gotta keep up with these kids. So I think I'm going to start doing some TikToks as well. Um, and people just love these videos of me talking about haunted dolls on eBay and reviewing their clothing. And I think I'm going to additionally make like Short, you know, like, how how long's a TikTok? How long are those TikToks? A minute. I'm probably going to make, like, you know, short little ones on TikTok at some point. Once, I've, <laughs> once my old eyes can figure out how to work that app. Um, but until then, you can see those full-length videos on Patreon. And I'm going to continue to keep putting those up. As well as, you know, my little ghost hunting stuff. And um, I also just posted an interview that I did with Valak. And you might be like, wait, how do I know that name? Okay, Valak's a famous demon, but um, you might know who Valak is from the movie The Nun or The Conjuring 2. Um, you're probably like, oh, wait, the actress that played the nun? No, 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 no. Like, I interviewed... <laughs> the demon. Um, it's just a silly video, but I had a I had a fun time making it and I put it up on social media a while ago and then I took it down and I re-edited some things and I, I put that up on Patreon. So that's the only place you can see that. And the only place you can hear me talking to Tammy H. Chavez, who is a wonderful paranormal investigator. She also has her own podcast Uh, called Holly Weird Paranormal, and she talks about Hollywood, ghosts, and and spooky things. And um, so we talk on my Patreon for a full-length episode. And I also did one with my friend Mr. Malone, who is an automatic pen writer and has some stories of his own. So again, patreon.com slash And I always have bonus clips from each episode. And today's... Um, With Jinx, we talk about what it's like being a drag queen in a worldwide pandemic, Uh, especially her standpoint of being a famous drag queen um, during all of this and, you know, pivoting and trying to figure out how to make things happen and still entertain people. And, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear from somebody who's, you know, pretty iconic. I mean, she won drag race. She's, she's so cool. And, um, so there's that. Okay. One more thing I should do before we get to the episode is read a story. I, I feel like I keep not reading stories on this podcast and I love the stories that you guys send me. And so here's one that I thought was really spooky. And it also, you know, kind of talks about that Thing of getting confirmation that somebody else is seeing what you're seeing, and uh, always love to hear those kinds of stories. So this one comes from Jennifer, who posted this in the Facebook group called Ghosted by Raz Dresfalis, a great place to leave your ghost stories. Jennifer said, "Hey guys, I wanted to post about a recent thing, and it was a little validating from what I've begun to experience." Okay, so I moved into this building two months ago. It was a hotel in 1928, converted to apartments. I'm on the top floor, there's four stories, and my apartment is close to the back exit, which I tend to use. It's a big stairwell, and one day I'm going down and I noticed a black shape out of the corner of my eye. I'm thinking, okay... My bangs are in my eyes or something, but it really did make me pause. Speaking of pause, Jennifer, I know exactly how you feel. My bangs are always in my eyes, and I always assume that it's a ghost or a shadow creature of some sort. Okay, back to the story. Another day out there, I see it again. It's in mid-air, but I figured it's a reflection of the big window out there. Another day, I see it again, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's like an elongated, long, kind of wispy, black shape. But it's like fleeting, and you wonder if your eyes are playing tricks on you. The fourth time, I'm taking out the trash bags, and I see it and almost drop them because I definitely saw it. Then it disappeared. Couple of nights ago, a friend was over. He goes to leave, and I say, I'll walk you downstairs. He goes to the front stairwell, and he says, Oh, I just saw a shadow person. I said, What did you say? Because I hadn't told him anything. He tells me a shadow person of a man just passed in front of him towards the stairwell. He tells me he has seen shadow people before, and that's what it was. He and I have never, ever had any kind of conversation about this before. I pointed him out the other stairwell at the end of the hall and i said i guess that's what i've been seeing he says yeah you've got shadow people here my apartment is very peaceful i've got a wall hanging of the hamsa hand with the evil eye in it opposite to that i've got a little altar with ganesha crosses candles quartz etc., which face each other in my doorway, and I guess I somehow, unknowingly, placed a barrier. But, apparently, my hallway and maybe the other floors are haunted. I don't get any bad vibes, but I light incense every night anyway, which I started when I moved in. Sorry if this is super long, but it's kind of cool and I thought I would tell you guys. I'll keep you updated. Thanks for reading if you lasted. Oh, I lasted. This is spooky. And Jennifer, please keep us updated. And that is so cool that you have a barrier to protect you from those spooky shadow people. And thanks for sharing. Okay, it is time for me to talk to Jinx. And, you know, I love having on drag queens on the show. And I know that people love when I have drag queens on the show. It's always funny because with drag queens, I, I pretty much only get two answers. One answer I get from drag queens is, no, I don't have any stories. I don't believe in that stuff. They And then they'll make some kind of like awkward joke. Or I get the other option, which of course I love, which is, oh my God, I have 10,000 billion stories, <laughs> which um well to be honest though with jinx she didn't she didn't say that she had a ton of stories and that's what's kind of interesting and why i made this two parts is because especially as the conversation goes on longer she is like oh and i just thought of another one oh and here's another one so jinx has got some stories and i just had such a great time talking with jinx and um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. So we just basically jump right into it. So here it is. Jinx Monsoon. On with the show. Well, let's talk about ghosts. I mean, you believe in them?
0: Yeah. I uh, I was raised in a family um that enforced a belief in ghosts early on. I was just raised with the general idea and knowledge of ghosts. It wasn't even an option for me. And then now, as an adult, as a critical thinker, it's really difficult sometimes to like balance what you were taught as a child with what you now know to be true, and then also with what you just personally believe in. So if you take everything of who I am, like trying to use common sense and logic as my, as my, um, you know, guide in life, um, I've kind of had to navigate how I can logically (laughs) justify my belief in ghosts, which I still fully have. Um, But yeah, I believe in ghosts. I believe if you want to explain it scientifically, you know, uh, I, I keep going back to the theory of relativity. Energy cannot be um, created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. So if you think of the energy that it takes to power a human being, um, when that human being deceases, where does that energy go? And that's where I think we get ghosts. <laughs> mm. So what are the stories that you heard as a kid? Well, I, um, I was raised, I, right after I was born, I was taken back to my grandma's house, and that's where me and my mother lived off and on throughout my early childhood years. And this is in um, Oregon? Portland, Oregon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my grandma, um, she had a house in one of the older um, neighborhoods in Portland, Oregon, which has now become, you know, like uh, the bougie, richest, whitest neighborhood. Um, sure, yeah one of those old neighborhoods. Um, so I was raised in this really gigantic house in this really old neighborhood. and um so there were lots of stories of when I was a when I was a young kid, I would um come into the room um with a toy that my mom had never seen before, some rusty old rattle or some antique looking toy, and she'd ask where I got it, and I'd say from my from my friend and (laughs) or I you know when I started becoming verbal as a child um my my mom would hear me having conversations in in rooms uh and then she'd walk into the room and there'd be no one there but me and I was always talking about special friends that um My mother had no idea who they were, where I was getting this idea that I was playing with these other little children in the house. Do you have any recollection
1: of, like, talking to someone?
0: um, No, I was so young at the time. I have very few memories in that house. Mm -hmm. But that house was, like, infamous in my family. Uh, My grandma eventually moved, but... um, So it was, like, you know, everyone who spent any time in that house had a ghost story. Um, My mom was, you know, uh, telling me since I was a kid about all that stuff with me and my aunt who was the only other person in the house who was like raised in that house, um, uh, had very similar stories for my grandma. And then, you know, there were stories of things moving or flying across the room and footsteps on the front porch. And then they'd go to the door to see if someone was coming and there was no one there. Mm. And I don't know the facts, but I think I was told at some point that like someone who owned the house before us was a very violent man who had kidnapped a, a mother and child from the neighborhood and like tortured them in the basement or something. And they may have ended up dead all three of them somehow I what I think I remember is that the person like tortured this mother and child in the basement and killed them and then was like lynched um lynch mobbed on the front porch of his house which was our house yeah he was like you know um attacked by the other neighbors when they found out what happened on his porch And that's where he died. Now, see, these are all just like bits and pieces of things I overheard as a child, hearing the adults talking about stuff. But that's where the hypothesis of where all the ghost energy comes from.
1: (laughs) Because you would hear them be like something happened and then they would talk about,
0: about the ghosts. like they would like would they keep that away from you? Um, It was never like my mom told me the stories about me, but the like darker stuff I would eavesdrop on. And my mom would spend all night on the phone talking with her girlfriends about her ghost stories. My mom loved talking about ghosts. (laughs) And there was there was this ongoing thing of anyone who stayed in the guest house in that house would wake up in the middle of the night with the feeling of someone like... um, pushing down on their chest, like pushing them into the bed and feeling like the weight of an entire person on their chest. And they'd wake up feeling like they couldn't breathe and it would continue for a little bit. And then they'd come out of it. And that was like a consistent story. Anyone um, who stayed in that house in the guest room had that same story the next day. See, people talk
1: in the paranormal world about um, sleep paralysis a lot. And Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people think that it's not there's no supernatural connection to it. But then you hear about like places where you, multiple people stay at the same place and they experience that kind of sensation. I mean, that's kind of strange. Yeah. I, that to me feels like more, and now it could be there's some kind of uh, magnetic <laughs> field in the air that's causing this, you know, who knows. But um, to me, that sounds paranormal
0: to me exactly. And I am the paranormal judge. Well, and, and I've just never seen how those two things have to be mutually exclusive, you know, like, exactly. so first of all, like it would be, um, Difficult odds for multiple people, multiple different people to stay in one place and all have the same experience and have it all be sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. And then you bring in like Mm -hmm. scientific, like maybe there's magnetic magnetic fields or some sort of disturbance in that area caused by outside forces or whatever. But it's like, how do we know that ghosts and those scientific explanations aren't somehow all connected in one thing? and being, like, a paranormal nerd and a sci-fi nerd, it's like if you watch Doctor Who, you know, like, ghosts can be real and they can be explained by science, you know? Like, we just only perceive them and understand them to the best of our ability.
1: Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing with ghosts. It's like there's so many, you know, we're dealing with a lot of different... um subjects in school here because we're talking about history we're talking about science we're talking about religion like there's so many things that go into it and again like what you said i don't think it has to be mutually one thing or the other it kind of crosses a lot of lines which makes me think about um witchcraft which i know mm-hmm. uh you have talked about practicing now is that something that you think is supernatural because i i stroke i sometimes i talk to people about Uh, witchcraft and um, I always wonder to me it's not uh, I think I think that society has given it this kind of uh, after generations and generations of stigmatizing or Mm -hmm. whatever we all know the stories but like uh, do you find there to be supernatural elements to it?
0: Um, you know, with the way that I understand and practice witchcraft, I wouldn't call it supernatural. I'd call it like, um, ultra natural, you know, it's kind of like, it's less about things that you can't see and more about, um, more about thinking about the things you can see, you know, like rather than, um, rather than putting your faith in invisible deities, you're putting your faith in the the earth and the nature that you're a part of, you know, right? and, and kind of um, I mean, like there are of course references to multiple invisible deities, but <laughs> in witchcraft, but for me, it's always been about harnessing and focusing your own energy and harnessing and focusing the energy around you, you know? Um, and of course, in lots of my own practice, I'm like, I've always thought of it kind of like, um, um, I guess, kind of like magical placebos, if that makes any sense. Mm. You know, when I like collect crystals and put them on my altar, it's less about me thinking that these crystals are, you know, shooting energy into me and more about thinking that when I look at these crystals, I'm reminded of the positive energy they're said to radiate. And then that like puts it in my mind and, and creates it for myself. When I'm invoking Hecate or Lilith or Artemis or any goddess or, or witch, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what that, what that name and what that, um, icon represents and like, you know, in, in viewing myself with the power. I always, uh, I I always say that like, well, first of all, like witchcraft being stigmatized the way it has been was just another form of patriarchal oppression for so long, you know? And, um, so there's all kinds of conditioning to believe that witchcraft is one thing or the other, but most witches I know today who practice like modern day practical witchcraft, just say it's about like finding a way to live within the world that we live in in a way that makes you feel most powerful, empowered and effective. You know, it's all about um it's all about how you treat yourself and how you conduct yourself. It's it's like a philosophy for me more than a religion or or a a faith, you know. It's more like totally. my world view. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think that I'm like um,
1: I, oh, I'm definitely crystal curious, um, <laughs> crystal light, if you will. Um, I'm not like I have a couple of crystals, but that what you were talking about with uh, that reminder, or you know uh, that I'm very into that. I, I have many things that I keep around me. I have, I mean, <clears throat> maybe I should not say <laughs> who, who, but I have an I have an old moldy drag boob that belonged to a (laughs) drag legend that I keep with me that was given to me as a gift and it's like a little like I just think about all the the bars and the theaters and all the places that it's been and I just like I hold on to it and um and I I guess I kind of do that same thing
0: yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, I like believing that quartz crystals um, amplify energy. And I like believing that amethyst, um, you know, cleanses our ego. Like, but I also as it's also as, very
1: beautiful to look at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they're gorgeous. You know, I always collected crystals as a child because I thought they would give me magic powers, you know, and it turns out they do. It's just much less like lightning coming out of your fingertips, like you want to believe as a child. Uh. But it's like I, I choose to, you know, to learn about crystals and to learn about like. Um, Practical Magic, starring Sandra Bullock and yeah. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. <laughs> um, I, I tra- choose to learn about these things and choose to believe in them, but I also have to rationalize it as a as a realist, and that's when I come up with the the placebo theory. You know, it. where it's like um, anything that has significance to you can be powerful. It's the power that you put into it and the power that you received from it that is significant so like on my altar there's a big bowl of crystals but there's also gifts I've been given from people I have a little like um I have a beetle in clear resin that was given to me from uh, Devin, by Devin Green. And Love. I have a very similar thing. I think it's a bumblebee in clear resin that was given to me by Katya. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, those two people are kind of similar in the world, and they both gift <laughs> they really you with are. bugs covered in <laughs> resin. <laughs> and I have... Oh, I have a photo of my grandmother um, over my altar with a, with a ring that I inherited from her. Um, I have a friend who passed away very early in life, and um, they had their ashes put into um, glass pendants, and I have that on my altar. So I have a lot of significant you know, artifacts from throughout my life and from significant people in my life that I put on my altar and to me they're radiating the energy because every time i look over there i'm reminded of everything that's there and all the all the love that has been passed on to me from significant people in my life
1: that's beautiful i love that now do you when you are like On the road, do you bring crystals with you or or any of those objects? (laughs) Yes, I do.
0: Yeah, I have a a travel bundle of crystals. (laughs) I pack a little travel pouch. Um, And uh, I did take this one crystal I've had since I was a child with me um, for Drag Race. And it was on my makeup station. And when I had my Tic Tac lunch with RuPaul, I asked Ru to hold my um crystal and put some positive energy into it for me and um she did a very funny bit where she was like holding it and and then started handing it to me and then said wait I'm not done and took it back and like whispered something into it I'll never know what she whispered um it could have been like get me the fuck out of here but um I call that my drag positivity crystal. I've had many um, living legends hold that crystal and put in some positive thoughts for me. And it was this this was completely cut from from my season of Drag Race. And I was, you know, saying one day to my best friend, Kenny, like, um, oh, I'm so sad that cut my drag positivity crystal from my storyline and he said, well, I mean, at that point, they they had so much to work with. They weren't also going to be able to work in your crystal obsession and your witchcraft <laughs> in, with, the, with the narcolepsy and the... <laughs> and right, the, you gave them a lot. With everything. Oh, your crush on Ivy. It's like eventually they had to say, okay, she's got enough <laughs> quirks. <laughs>
1: So basically, what you're saying is that uh, you won drag race because you're of witchcraft. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I didn't win drag race because of witchcraft. <laughs> At this point, uh, however I want it, I'll take it. I am um, you deserved it i'm kidding. I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i you know this now here I go again like thinking like I think I'm like a witch, but I just don't know what I'm talking about um mm-hmm. but because I think and I hope this isn't offensive to witches, but I think that in um, like hocus pocus, the, the infamous mm. scene that made so many of us drag queens, where they go and they perform at the uh, little social dance gathering. Yeah, 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 that yeah. Puts yeah. A spell on you. That scene, I think about in so, like some of the best moments I've had on stage are these moments where I'm at a place where people are kind of like, "What is this person?" I'm not really so sure about this, and then going on stage and like putting a spell. On an audience <laughs> and making them be like, "Okay, I'm on board." That now, I don't know if it actually is putting a spell on people, but I've also been in the audience for people doing that to me, and you've and, and you felt like there was a spell being put on you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so and I think that there's something metaphysical to that.
0: Yeah, I uh, so like I've been obsessed with witches since I was a child. I think I became a drag queen because to me that was a way to become a witch, you know. Um, It was a way to step into this persona I had always seen myself as. And I wouldn't say that, like, you know, witchcraft has never really been a big part of the Jinx Monsoon persona until quite recently when I started practicing it much more in my personal life. It just kind of, like, sneaks its way into my work, too, like anything else, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um But I think for so long, because I was conditioned to believe that a witch is this and a witch does this, and this is how witches behave um, from the cartoony to the, you know, like to the Dungeons and Dragons playing, you know, goat's blood drinking, you know, (laughs) goth teenagers we were warned about in high school, you know, Uh (laughs) Um, I for so long thought that witchcraft had to look a certain way. And then turns out, witchcraft is like, like I said, it's kind of like a philosophy. It's like a worldview. It's something you choose to study, you choose to practice and choose to self-identify as. And it is much less stylized than, than what our pop culture and media have taught us to believe, you know, like yeah. um, and what I have to say is since like, you know, practicing Um, witchcraft in my own life and meeting a lot of other really um, wonderful and influential witches, um, I've found that witches have just a great sense of humor about themselves. I haven't had, I always like when I've done like witch podcasts or had lunch with, you know, um, influential witches, (laughs) um, I'm always nervous that I'm going to like, they're going to be like, you're not really a witch, like, or yeah. they're going <laughs> to be offended by something I say. Uh, and, you know, I'm such an open book. I just like, I, I'll tell you everything about me within the first 10 minutes of knowing me. And and what I found is like, witches just have a really good sense of humor about it. Like they they typically don't take themselves too seriously because they're so used to like witch stereotypes and they're just, they're just regular people who practice witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure that there's,
1: um, just like with drag queens like every oh, yeah. once in a while you meet ones that are like oh honey oh, yeah. you are not a so i'm sure that there's <laughs> witches that are out there they're like girl you do not have the hat you do not have the broomstick <laughs> absolutely i mean honey, if you want to have kinds, a hat right? it has to be six feet tall that's how big your hat's gotta be <laughs> the it nails. takes all
0: kinds and you know you've totally met those people out in the world um if you've ever been to san francisco once you know You've come across a crystal <laughs> shop where there, where there's a there's a hardcore witch uh, <laughs> um, a purist there. <laughs> if you're yeah. not wearing, if you're not wearing w- woven wool <laughs> afghan, you're not doing witchcraft. <laughs> that you made on a blood moon with your own <laughs> placental Sack You know, <laughs> like I don't know, but oh, like yeah, God. I mean, there's there's all degrees just like there's drag queens who think they're doing it right. And everyone else is doing it wrong. Um, same goes for witches. (laughs) Well, how did you get into it? Who
1: like, uh, was it from your curiosity about witches?
0: Yeah, it was kind of like, um, I don't, really remember when I, I mean, I, I have literally been collecting crystals since I was a child and my belief as a child was one day I will find a magic crystal that will give me magic powers. And then my, um, my, my aunt, my mother and my grandma, who are the three women who raised me since childhood, you know, since birth, um, they were essentially all witches, but they were also, you know, my grandma practiced Catholicism. My mom was really into Catholicism. My aunt studied all religions of the world and kind of made up her own religion. Um, But like, you know, all of our rituals and practices were based in Catholicism, but the ones that my family actually practiced were the most witchy, like (laughs) the most like borrowed from paganism of the Catholic rituals, you know? And my mom, Mm. one of my favorite stories of my mom is her telling me, because I told her I was playing Dungeons & Dragons, get this, Dungeons & Dragons live-action role-playing with my Mormon friends in middle school. That was me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's
1: interesting because at that time, like... There was definitely a time when that was, like, the devil. Like, playing Dungeons & Dragons was evil. And so it's interesting that, like, Mormons
0: would be playing it. I know. I mean, like... They were, they were very liberal Mormons. But I'm, when I'm saying we weren't playing Dungeons & Dragons where we were like, you know, trying... We were just live action. It was make-believe. It was like make-believe for kids too old to be playing wizards mm-hmm. and witches, you know? <laughs> but yeah. uh, 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 But I told my mom this, and she got very freaked out. My mom, who's told me the prophecies of the apocalypse since I was a child and told me what to watch out for. And, you know, like, um, it's better to die starving than to die with the mark of the beast, you know, that kind of stuff you tell a Um. (laughs) (laughs) five-year-old bedtime story. She warned me about playing Dungeons and Dragons and how it leads to dark things and stuff. And then we stopped at a cemetery so that she could um, take some scrapings off a gravestone so she could sleep with it (laughs) under her pillow and possibly win the lottery. Like, that's the environment I was (laughs) raised in, where I was warned about witchcraft by women who were totally practicing witchcraft but would never have called it that. So I think in lots of ways, you know, lots of ways if you are someone who has a routine and a ritual that you adhere to, like your drag makeup, putting on your drag makeup every time you get into drag is a form of a magical ritual. And all that it takes to turn that into like, you know, witchcraft is to put, that kind of energy into it, you know, like make it a sacred event for yourself, make it a, a a magical ritual for yourself. And that's all it really takes. I I think of myself as practicing witchcraft whenever I cook a big meal, because there's so much like effort and toil that I put into it. And I think that the magic comes out of the toil, you know, and, Mm. And when I'm like, um, when I'm doing my makeup or when I'm on stage and I'm like fully present in the song that I'm singing and I'm having that real authentic connection with the audience where like, where we're having a conversation, you know, where we're fully engaged with each other and there's nothing else on our minds except the song that I am singing right now and the song they are listening to. To me, that's that's practicing witchcraft. It's just, you know, you got to, decide to put that kind of energy into it and to take that kind of, um, inspiration from it. And, and any ritual you do can become magic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, do you have any other ghost stories? Oh, let me think. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the, you know, what's so funny is I, since, since my grandma moved out of that haunted house, um, a lot of the like ghost story it's so I've always been very frustrated that um, you know, I was so young in that house that I don't really have any memories of, of the ghost experiences myself. Um, I've just heard about them from my family and I haven't experienced too much in my, you know, adult life other than there's this one time I am so certain. And it's hard to tell because I was, you know, blackout drunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a theory that that makes you, your your
1: inhibitions are lowered. You're not worrying about all the human bullshit that we worry about that keeps us blocked from the spiritual realm. Yeah. That's what I, I believe. mean.
0: I, I do think, you know, I do think when our inhibitions are lowered, when we're like more when we have less of our defenses up, um, when we have less of our like um, cold hard logic blocking the way, we're more receptive to things. But um, there was this time, and um, no one was—you know, no one was with me. To <laughs> I should give a caveat that I'm a year and a half sober from boo- booze at this point. So, oh my god! Like, <laughs> I'm sober too. I love that. Congratulations. Yeah, before I tell this story of me being a wretched drunk. But um, I was out one night. This was in Seattle. This was pre-drag race. This was in my like party drag days when I was flat broke and was scraping by just going from gig to gig um, shortly after college. And I had this habit of not eating very much on a day that I had a show so that when the show's over and I start drinking, I can get drunk a lot (laughs) fast. Yeah,
1: I know that.
0: So I had the day of, um, all I ate that day was watermelon. It was in the middle of the summer and I had been out all night, you know, did a gig and then got wasted and came home alone. And I was on my hands and knees at one point puking my guts out in my living room. And I just remember that there was a person with me rubbing my back and telling me to get it all out and that I can clean it up in the morning and that everything's going to be okay as long as I get all of the poison out of me right now and then go to sleep, you know? (laughs) And I like, you know, I've had plenty of blackout moments where I remember something happening that didn't actually happen. But you can't tell me, like, you can't convince me that there wasn't. I've sometimes referred to it as an angel who came to make sure that I puked everything up before I got into bed and possibly, (laughs) you know, puked and drowned in my sleep or something.
1: It's It's so dark,
0: but that's how I feel about it, you
1: know? No, of course. I mean, we all, I think, have spirit guides, guardian angels, whatever you want to look at it. And that very well could be. Okay, well, that concludes part one of my conversation with Jinx Monsoon and next week we're going to get into it more and um, we'll listen to some EVPs next week and you know this week if you want to hear more on Patreon you can hear Jinx and I talking about you know what what life is like being a drag queen in the pandemic right now and um, next week we have a great clip from Jinx where she talks about her experience with Joan Rivers and the, uh, the subsequent ghost of Joan Rivers at a theater, uh, that Jinx has worked at with Joan, and it's, uh, it's interesting. So, uh, so you can hear that on Patreon next week. That's patreon.com slash also where you can see my, uh, interview with Valak the Nun from the movie The Nun. Hey, are you subscribed to the show? If you could, please subscribe and rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. And um, I love reviews. If you have a nice review for me, um, that is so special to me. And I read those if they're nice. And uh, you can also leave a ghost story in there that maybe I'll read on the show. And that's uh, only if you do a five star review, though. And um patreon.com slash I am on Instagram at Rozdressfiles. I made a TikTok. I haven't posted anything yet, but that is um you guessed it at Roz Dresfales. The Facebook group Ghosted by Roz Dresfiles. Also, if you go to my Instagram, the link in my bio has the link to our merch. We've got that exclusive Ghosted merch. You can get your tote bags, your enamel pins, your t-shirts, your stickers. Those are all there. And um, we'll be back next week with Jinx Monsoon Part 2 and more of me talking About all kinds of spooky nonsense. I love you all, both living and dead, but if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye. A
0: podcast a podcast network.